It's Monday evening, Joe. We're sitting in my uh, two-star hotel outside in the garden. As oh. you can hear, the crickets, they start, they're kicking off again. It's absolutely tropical out here, guys. 32 degrees. Uh, it's pitch black. The crickets are out. We're in the garden. It's uh, crazy. Today, um, we've uh, we've arrived in uh, South Africa. It was a uh, a trip that went really, uh, really smooth and, uh, and, and planned. Like, nothing went wrong. Uh, it was just a real smooth trip. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to the race, don't we? Yeah. God, I've got some lows this week. Like, the journey well, has just been a nightmare so far. Well, the first low actually should be, before we start off with the highs and lows, that we missed our podcast last week. And you don't know, you do know how to train in LT3 and that kind of stuff and how to measure your glucose. But, oh my God, mate, what are you shit at ICT, aren't you? That's my computer. It's not me. I know, but I've sent you so many videos and links and tutorials how to get rid of it. I haven't got time for all that. (laughs) I haven't got time for all that. Like, you sent me link upon link, YouTube videos on how to fix it. It's just like, like, I brought a decent computer, so I didn't have to do all that stuff. And the thing what I don't get is with a computer is how can it be fine one week? You don't touch it for a week and then it and it bikes. It's like it's like it reminds me of when you pack your bike up. It works absolutely fine. You pack it up into a bike box and then you unpack it and build it back up and it doesn't work. And really? Like, Have you ever had that? I've had it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start off um, with the highs and lows then, uh, Joe. Um, since um, uh, before that, we uh, we went to a UFC fight. Let's... Um, we went to a UFC fight two, was it already two weeks ago or a week ago? It was a week oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. Last weekend in London, uh, we no, went was, there. Yeah, a week ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a week ago. A week, yeah. It felt like ages, didn't it? Because we didn't do a podcast back then. Yeah. And we should have got Paul Velder. Uh, he's a former UFC fighter who got us uh, out there and uh, I wanted to get him on the show. But also that weekend was pretty, pretty hectic. So when yeah. we're back from South Africa, we're going to get him on the show. We're going to talk about... A lot of stuff about that. But, we would have got a video of us sparring with him, but unfortunately he didn't have the bottle to get in the ring with us, so uh, we couldn't. But um, that's a shame. Like, it would have been great, some great content. But, you but, know. So that stuff is still, um, that podcast is still coming, so don't worry, guys. Uh, anyway, have you have you got any highs and lows this week then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some, uh, I've, got, I've got a high. First of all, I'm in South Africa. The weather's great. Um, but my God, have I got some lows. So first of all, in, if I do it in order, would be a huge trip out here, sitting on a plane, horrendous, but that was just a minor low, a minor. Um, I had a good high because I went to we went to a spa on the layover. That was awesome. Run out, I actually ran out of time. We had four hours there, got a massage and everything. So I had an eight-hour eight hour layover in Joburg, so I booked a spa. Me and Laura got a taxi there, 20 minutes, had a four-hour light, had loads of treatments, felt super relaxed, got back to the airport, think, trip's going great i remember up forehand you said to me like oh tom you've got a better trip because yeah i was traveling at day and i I was arriving at 9 p.m and then i've got the uh so we both had a stop in Joburg, and i I had the day flight you had the night flight we both had a long layover i had it overnight you had it over day and then we both had the trip to uh, port elizabeth Whereas you ended up with the lucky draw, didn't you? Because you went to the spa, got your nails treated, got your back I massaged. Did. She, yeah, she cut my she cut my nails. I felt a bit bad for her because they're pretty beat. And you guys know, like feet, uh, doing Iron Man, it's not very good for your feet. So I was a bit worried. I thought, you know, I'm going to get my feet out. This uh, <laughs> poor woman's going to have to like is uh, massage on my foot. Like I wouldn't even want to touch through, that. Halfway through, she get, like, had to get like a new uh, new scissors because uh, they were all beaten up, weren't they? Like wow, oh, mate, they were like she she said to me, "Do you ever moisturize your feet?" I said, "I've never moisturized my foot in my life." Really, not even with the man cave stuff. 
No, I don't you're like the king of king of moisture. Yeah, I do my like legs and like face and body. Not, not, not the my toes. Feet. I've never done my feet. And, Step uh, up your game, mate. She said, she said, oh god, your 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 feet are terrible. I thought, Jesus, you should see what some people's like. I know mine aren't <laughs> great, but I've seen a lot worse. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Iron Man, guys. Like, you're never gonna have pretty feet, are you? You're never gonna win any. Uh, you're never gonna be a foot model. So you actually had a really nice trip because uh, you flew in, had a real nice sleep. But that was luck. That was luck, mate. Luck. Because. Little mozzarella guys, he uh, he had a really, really tough flight. So I had to be at the airport in Amsterdam, uh, something at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., well, at least way too early. Then I had a day flight, which that one went actually quite all right. But I booked this total flight with KLM from Amsterdam to Port Elizabeth, and I thought like... It was a bit more expensive, but I thought then I won't be have to be messing around That's with exactly bags, checking in, checking out in... Johannesburg. But when I arrived in Johannesburg, I had to check my luggage. I had to get get my luggage. I had a, a hotel. Uh, I booked a hotel room because I arrived in uh, Johannesburg at like, what was it? 10, p- 9 p.m., 9 p.m. And I had to be back at the airport at, uh, well, the flight was at 6 a.m. I had to be there like two hours in advance. And I thought, oh, I can have a couple of hours of sleep. I arrived at the hotel, mate, there was a line. You honestly can't believe it. It was like 50 people that was at, were in the sh- same boat trying to check in. And obviously, but that was where you got screwed, wasn't it? Well, that was the first bit. you didn't have to bags and you, didn't, and you didn't have a queue there, you'd have been fine. Oh my God, yeah. So then uh, I was in bed, at bed, in bed at like, I think it was just like half past 11. So I had like four hours of sleep, but I couldn't sleep. And then I went to the, um, back to the check-in with my luggage, and you, mind you, it's like a bike bag. Is it, uh, what is it, like a normal bag, not a bag, and a, uh, like, hand luggage, so shit loads. Uh, was all close, was close to, like, quarter past four, half five. And what time was your flight? Was it six? Oh, right, bloody hell. So I've been waiting there, tired and all that, but anyway, arrived in Port Elizabeth this morning, and then uh, we ended up both uh, having two broken bikes. Wanted to go for a bike ride. Plan was we we're going to ride the course today. We uh, originally we were going to ride it, then we changed it and thought, oh no, we're not going to ride it because the forecast was thirty-seven degrees Celsius and like pretty humid. It would have felt like 40, 41. And we were like, for you it would be all right, but then mind you, you're well, right, no, with the mozzarella. Been, I would have, I'd have, we'd have been dehydrated as fuck, mate. Like, and it would have been like that's if you're American, that would have felt like the real the field temperature would have felt like one hundred and five, hundred and six Fahrenheit. So yeah, you reckon like, like you're in the K hole before you're even on the bike? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, no way, we don't want to be doing that race week riding in that temperature. Then it actually felt it was 32 degrees and it felt actually okay, didn't it? Like it would mm-hmm. have been like we were going to ride at 4 p.m. when it was getting cooler as well. But our bikes, Tom's DI2 didn't work. My front end of my bike's fucked. Like I don't know what my dad did. Like he somehow managed to put it apart once and then it's just like the bolts don't even aren't even the right size. I have no idea how he managed to do it. I was on video chats with him. Like, and it, it's just a no-go. I was actually contemplating my options, thinking, right, at this rate, I might not, because he's like, oh, you won't even get one of them bolts for your bike, you know, you're not going to get one of them out there. But- so I'm thinking, shit, my other option is, I might even need a new front, air, front uh, base bar for my bike. How am I going to get that? I might have to get my dad to fly out here. So I'm thinking, God, I'm going to look up, look at flights and stuff, thinking, Jesus Christ, this is not what but I was expecting. I knew, I knew this wasn't going to be an easy trip. I knew this. I could have seen this whole comment because when I was at the airport in Amsterdam, um, you know, whenever I go for a run really early in the morning, everyone knows Tom, Tom's got a little poopsie halfway through the run, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, you know that. But I had the same thing at the airport really early in the morning well, because you you're, you're walking around real quick. No, I'm not shitting myself. I don't do that on the run. Just you need to nap mate. You need to nap. But, um, anyway, <laughs> the toilets at the airport are always a bit like, I don't, I don't like going to the toilet at the airport, but you go in there and 
it's always a bit of a psychology game, isn't it? Because you've got, for example, four toilets and you're thinking in your mind, which one am I going to take? Which one psychologically? And some of them always have we on the toilet seat as well. That's I know, but you, like it? when you go in there, you think which toilet would would be so obvious that people wouldn't take it. So I'm taking that one because that one hasn't been used as much, right? Yeah, Do you know yeah, that psychological yeah, yeah. game? <laughs> so I thought I was going to play that game at first. So I came in, but it was so flipping busy that I couldn't even play the game because it was just the toilet that was free was the one you had to go in. So I had this uh, preheated toilet seat, but obviously you don't want to touch it. You want to hover toilet, it. You want, you want to all put toilet yeah, paper you, around it? Yeah, first you need to clean it, paper. put toilet paper around it, and then you want to like hover it, like I a hovercraft. Hover I just put toilet paper really? on it. Really? Yeah. I hover, I hover. Yeah, you hover. Yeah, so oh. you've got hoverers and you've got toilet paper. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. a hoverer. Oh, you hover. Uh, literally, you hover in until you feel like LT free through the That's legs. It burns my legs too but much. Then, it's not relaxing though, is it like that? That moment, like hovering all that is all all right, but then... When I, that's when probably I, why you're quite good on the bike, isn't it? Because you just get you con every time you go for a poo, you're like hovering. You're getting a squat in. Yeah, you're, you're always thinking. You're always training, mate. That's why. But I it's, like. yeah, it's, it's a bit unthinking training. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking. But anyway, right. um, when it happened, I had the Poseidon's kiss, and I knew it was trouble. What's that? Is when it falls down in the toilet and then the water comes up and kisses your ass. Oh god, it's called the Poseidon because Poseidon is. Uh, oh yeah, the boat that sunk. He's nah. The Poseidon is also like, uh, was he like the god of the water? Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, right. and he then kisses your butt. It's called the Poseidon's kiss. Well, and it it's a sign right of trouble. The water's clean in there. Like if, if he'd gone for a piss and you haven't flushed the toilet when you went in, then it was all hit someone else's wee. That was. I know, but I could. Worse. I knew that meant trouble, and it all went down. Which we've got many other lows about race, but we want to stay positive because it looks like it's all going to be all right tomorrow. He reckoned that he could sort my bike out, uh, and it will all be sorted by tomorrow. Tom's pretty much guaranteed that his is going to go. And we haven't got our kit. That was another one as well. Can you remember? We haven't got our race kits, have we? We both haven't got our race kits. Like no. Mine, for some, has gone to two different places. Uh, it went to Norwich, and I think it's going to arrive tomorrow in Norwich. My other one went to South Africa, and apparently it's going to arrive at the moment, as we stand, DHL is telling me, on Tuesday the 5th of April, which is really handy when the race is <laughs> on the 3rd. So <laughs> if I'm wearing a black tri-suit on the bike, a black skin suit, you know the kit didn't arrive. If you're watching it and you're seeing me in a white DHB kit with my sponsor's names on, somehow the kit got here before the 5th of April. <laughs> I managed to someone fly out to uh, to Port Elizabeth with my suit. He had to so. get someone who he coaches. That's the, that's, the, that's the pleasure you get. If, you, if Tom coaches you, you also get to be his errand boy as well. And you get to pick his kit up from... Uh, uh, the Hook of Holland, drop it off in Amsterdam so someone else can fly out to him. He's got all these connections and stuff, you know. That's what, if you're if you're a top pro like Tom, you have connections, you know, you coach, <laughs> and coach. You've got loads of Aaron boys willing to do runs for you and he's managing to get, he's managed to get his kit out here. He's blagged So it. much stress, so much stress. Anyway, um, Joe, it's uh, race week, but before we're going to talk about Ironman South Africa, like uh, how we uh, planning on winning the race, um, <laughs> can, you, when it, can you hear them crickets again? Bloody hell, like it's the up, garden, it's like, the tropical garden, yeah. Oh, um, crazy, yeah. But anyway, if we <laughs> it's quite crazy, isn't it? Um, before we get into South Africa this weekend, we've also got Oceanside coming up with the battle that we were waiting for Sam Long versus Lionel Sanders. But it looks like Sam Long's bottling the race. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Sam Long versus Lionel Sanders. But is he, obviously, is is he 100% bottling the race? Oh, he's scared. He's totally. Lionel told me that that he that Sam apparently told one of the other people at that Aqua Bears, Polar Bears, whatever they're called, you know, the Master Swim Squad, that he was going to do the race, but then he realised that once he said that he was kicking Lionel's ass in the pool, Lionel did a big CSS swim set, threshold set in the pool. He wiped the floor of him. And then after that, Sam said he felt, Sam apparently felt insecure 
and thought, I'm not going to do the race because Lionel's flying in the water. He's been bluffing me. He's been putting the extra yards in when I've not been training with him. Who and out of the two would bark harder? Bark harder. He's got the bigger bark. Well, they say that dogs that bark don't bite. That's so what, like you've got the big bark, but have you got the have you got the minerals to back it up? Yeah. Like I, I would have loved to see it this weekend. Who's got the bigger bark? These two have history as well, because back at the start of COVID, if you've uh, not been following the two of these, they had a bit of a had a bit of a dick swing contest up Mount Lemon. Like uh, yeah. Lionel Sanders had the con first, then sat, which was pretty pretty legit because I think Lionel took it off Phil Guyman, former pro cyclist with Cannondale Liquid Gas. Um, and he goes around stealing like famous king of the mountains all around like America and he's got a big rep for it but Lionel managed to take it off him so uh, that was a really big effort and quite a thing for a triathlete to take it off off him and then Sam ended up taking it in um, off Lionel at the start of just before COVID or around COVID kind of time but apparently Sam was doing it with a pro cyclist and people were saying that wasn't fair because he cheated he sat on the wheel so he went back there went even faster took the con properly so no one could say anything and then he had it, and then he was kind of given the big end to Lionel, and then Lionel went back out there, broke the com again, and then there went a bit of back and forth. And then since then, Sam hasn't gone back there, but them two have had some big rivalries. Like if you watched St. George last year, the North American, well, first of all, actually in Galveston, 70.3, Lionel, I was there, Lionel beat uh, beat all of us, he won the race, but he beat, Sam was in second. Um, and it wasn't too close, that one, Lionel had it pretty, pretty cushy, but Sam, I think, was disappointed with his performance. Then they met again at St. George, which was an absolute classic. Those Real, two, yeah, yeah, like they went to the, the wire. The H station probably killed Sam Long, like taking them drinks. Like right at the last A station, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, well, last A station and Lionel putting a dig and it literally came down to like two or three seconds, like Lionel getting it. So they got a bit of a history and it was uh, curious to see like who, because uh, um, well, especially could. because Lionel changed his coach last year. Would have been cool to see. I uh, wanted to see, to see it because... Sam's gone up a level, I think, in 70.3s. Like, I mean, he might have an Ironman as well, but obviously he hasn't raced one yet, so it's, you don't really know. But Sam's definitely gone up a level. Lionel on his videos is saying that he's going even better than what he ever has been. Lionel's a beast at 70.3s. And it would be awesome to see them two go head-to-head. -head. And then add into the mix, Alistair Brownlee as well, come back from injury, got a chip on his shoulder, wants to prove something. Seeing those three go head-to-head -head with a load of others that are like awesome athletes. Potentially Jan Fredino was going to be there, but I don't think... Uh, Jan is, uh, is on uh, yeah, he's he's not upper doing, skiing. Yeah, he's not doing it now. He's, uh, he's at altitude camp in uh, drinking Andorra. And, drinking and eating uh, melted cheese, isn't he? What, he's LT-free in the... What? Reclet. Yeah, Reclet. LT-free Reclet. Drinking beers, like, you know, he's he's had it. He's, he's finished with triathlon. <laughs> he said, I'm 40, I've had it, yeah. I've had it. Like, I'm, I'm too old for this game. He's like, I'm just going to have a few beers and like, I'll see I'll, what I'll see, I'll see him in St. George. Yeah. I'll see him in St. George and just, uh, I'm chilling. I'm chilling, boys. <laughs> um, all right. So that's an exciting race. The other one is Challenge Salou. Um, yeah, we uh, we can talk about who's on the list and who's not and who's going to unfold. We'll just let, let the results speak and then we'll talk about that next week. For this week, Joe, let's uh, quickly, uh, let, let's talk about our race because um, I want to say... Because uh, that's far more important than Salou. That is, we've got <laughs> some big, big hitters on the list. Now let's really... Uh, um, Let's quickly get the uh, Ironman Pro list up. This is our homework. Tom's like quickly, he's making things happen quickly. Like This is how we do it. Like we we, we prep the podcast, we get it up. We've got everything written down. Uh, Joe's got his lines ready. I've got mine lines ready and we just rock up, don't we? It takes me ages to rehearse. By the way, there's another law of the week. I've bought a new mic and you tell me how my new mic works. It's, mind you, it's brand, brand new, isn't it? Brand spanking new. What I don't understand is he brought a mic to, out to Malaga with us 
some reason his didn't work and mine did, but neither of them would work when they're both plugged in together, would they? Yeah. And then he's ju- he sent that back, took mum's because apparently they had to do all checks. They didn't believe that his mic wasn't working. Did the checks, said, all right, we'll give you the money back. So he's brought another mic. And then first time he's ever used it today. Like today, and plugged in. I sound like a robot. It's like... Yeah. Terrible audio quality. What I think they did was just send him his old broken one back and just started to like fob him off. Anyway, uh, the Ironman South Africa start list. So it's an African championship. Um, well, a couple of the names that do stand out immediately are, uh, well, Anthony Costa is like great swimmer. Bradley Wise, it is first is and probably last yeah, November. Yeah, I thought this was his debut. But no, it's, it's not, last it's November. Not. He was on the list already in South Africa. So he did a course recce in November and Carl, I was about to rock Carl up. Carl Buckingham won it a couple of years ago. Nils Bromwald, former winner. Sub eight so hours a couple of people course. to watch this race is Jesper Swenson. He's a quick swimmer, great cyclist, great runner. Like he'll be off the front. Uh, but he's inconsistent, isn't he? If you're honest, like he has good races and he has bad races. When he's on fire, he's flying. Mm-hmm. But he can have a bit of inconsistencies. With him probably, or just off the back of him, would be Andy Bushera. Uh, he's doing his, he's been racing for 15 years as a pro, and this is his last year. I think this is one of the two Ironmans is going to be his last one. This one, or end challenge Roth the full distance. Fra- Franz Loschke uh, podiumed at Frankfurt. I've got a story with him because I, I trained with him when... Uh, I was out in Kona for the last time. With who? French Loschka? Yeah, French Loschka. All and, right, go uh, on in. I, I got kicked out of their training group. Really? I didn't last long, yeah. What what happened? They just didn't like the English humour, mate. Really? Yeah, they booted me out. Like, I was, uh, we were out training in Maui before Kona 2019. Um, I realised, like, they were going to be out there, and I'm thinking, like, because I'd been seeing people going out to Maui and stuff, I thought, oh, that looks cool, like, I'm going to go there. <laughs> so I, I booked some flights there. Actually, I think I saw it the previous year, people going to Maui, and I just fancied going somewhere a bit different trying it. I knew it was easy to get to Kona because real short flight, like 40 minutes on like a bloody Cessna. Um, so anyway, went out to Kona 2019. I, st- I uh, contact him, you know, I've just done literally Ironman Wales. Uh, about a week later, I was out in Maui. I said to the coach, who's uh, Laura Phillips' partner, um, can I come Can I come do some training with you? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Come out. So he sent me the training plan and I looked at it. I thought, this looks good. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll come and join you on like whatever day it was. I can't remember what the first hour was out there was. I literally flew in at 11 p.m. It was similar to similar to you there. <laughs> but I flew in at 11. I It was like 30 hours of travel to get there. So I'd had like fuck all sleep. I think I, I flew like economy as well. So you can imagine 30 hours on that, getting 11 at night. Jet lag. So I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 a.m. And I'm not a morning person, am I? No. I remember going around the supermarket at like 6 o'clock with my mum. We were getting some food and stuff cause we, um, and that because we all felt great. And then I met up with him at like, te- I think it was like 10.30 I had to meet him for the first session, which I thought because the plan they sent me said 15K hour run. So I'm like, all right, you know, hour run. Like it was going to be like a reasonable pace, but like nothing too bad. Um, <laughs> I get there. And then we're getting our stuff loaded in the car. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are we loading our stuff in the car? Like, I just literally biked to theirs. Didn't have any extra drinks or anything. Because I'm thinking, I thought we were only doing an hour run. They First day in out. Maui. Yeah, it's also then, like 30 degrees, isn't yeah. it? Oh, it's boiling. the same temperatures as Kona. So 11 o'clock, you imagine, like, oh Kona. God, First yeah. day, jet lag to shit. And honestly, and then the coach was like, yeah, we're going to do... Um, he was briefing us and Talbot was out there fucking filming as well so I'm like there's a film crew I'm jet lagged to shit we've been taken in a car to some random spot so I'm like totally like I'm committed I'm nowhere near where I live I don't even know where I am uh, on this main road where they're doing the tempo run and then the coach is like 
basically briefing us on like what it's 1k on 1k off you know and you do a 2k warm-up we get to the end of the 2k warm-up normally when i finish warm-up i like to do a few stretches some strides you know literally got to the end of the 2k my legs felt like shit and then boom straight into a k hard <laughs> with a k flow it was meant to be like 10 of them i think like five on five like one on one off you know five, yeah. so five times not too bad if you're feeling good but when you're jet lagged to shit, you've done no heat acclimatization. Probably dehydrated and your mate, whole body is full of, of fl- like I, inflammation from flight. Fuck, I did two of them, mate. And on the third one, my heart rate was so high. Like, <laughs> I was like, fuck this. Like, I am not doing this. So I stopped. I I I went. I, I was going for a piss. I remember standing in the bush going for a piss. And I just looked at my heart rate monitor. My heart rate <laughs> wouldn't go below 150. And my <laughs> max is like 176. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, that's like, for me, 150 something. That's harder than what I did for that 50K run. You know, that is a tempo run for me. And that's just Which, standing there going for a piss. And it was after like one, one effort, wasn't it? Two efforts. It was like on the third one. I was like, I'm. What the hell am I doing? Like, I thought I've been tricked into this. <laughs> Put yourself sign, in the K horn. You know, I did not sign camp. up for that. Anyway, did a few more sessions. Did a bike session. And then uh, the coach is uh, saying, you know, um, like, oh, when we're going to do five 20 minute efforts. Um, you're, you're, you're probably going to get dropped. Uh, you'll be riding with uh, Laura. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, we'll, we'll see about that, you know, and uh, started off and uh, I can definitely say I didn't get dropped and I managed to keep up. Like, and actually, to be honest, I think I was like, I was in front and that was it. Like I did a track session, did a few other sessions anyway. They all went pretty good. Um, and then, it was coming up to the weekend and I, cause I would message the coach and I said, Oh, what's the plan for the weekend? And then, uh, he said, Oh, you know, Joe, we're, I'm just going to, we're just going to do this session on the weekend with uh, the training group. Like, uh, and I'm like, fair enough, because I could see on the plan, it was a four hour ride and then a, like a long run off the bike, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I thought, all right, that's a key Ironman session for him. They're paying the coach, you know, fair enough. You know, you kind of understand that, don't you? You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I'm just like free rolling it, aren't I? So I was like, all right. So anyway, on Monday, I did Monday by myself as well because I thought, give them a bit of a break. Maybe the English humour's wearing thin on them, you know. Could they be. don't like it, they don't Could like be. it. They were talking German sometimes in the car, probably slagging me off. What I, were they saying then? No if fucking clue, I don't could, understand Could you German. make like, any of the noises? No, could, they was could, it like 1, 2, 3? No, it wasn't numbers. Like, uh, <laughs> was, uh, literally, I had no... They weren't doing any math or something. In the they car. weren't doing maths. They were probably telling me like they're gonna, what one's going to drop him first. Let's let's pick the pace up. Fucking hell, he's annoying. Like I, <laughs> I can't wait till the weekend so we can fob him off. Who knows? All kinds of shit they're probably but I didn't have a clue so it didn't really hurt my feelings um but anyway on Monday I said hey what's the plan Phil like can I come and join you uh on Tuesday and then he said how about no he said yeah basically no and then I'm like oh okay and then uh, (laughs) he sent me a message and then he said look I don't have a problem with you joining me but you'll have to ask Sebi because uh you know and see what he says I sent Sebi a message and I never got a reply back, but he was replying to me prior to them messages. Do you reckon? So you reckon he uh, he just didn't like you being? Fob me off, mate. Fob me off. Like that was it. I never I never saw the group again. You know. And then the awkward thing was, after all that, they were swimming at like seven o'clock in the morning. So I thought to avoid them, I'll go swimming at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then the next day, I turned up at ten, and they turned up five minutes late. And I thought, oh no, and I, I couldn't swim with them. You know. And I'm like, shit. I deliberately turned up three hours after they had been all time to avoid that so i didn't have the awkward thing whereas to be honest even though if they weren't there you probably wouldn't be showing up at 7am in the pool would you no i probably i wouldn't have but like <laughs> when you turn up like at that to be honest you had to train early in maui because it's so hot and it, when you're by yourself in that and you're training before kona you know i was you were generally and you know, check like your shit anyway so yeah i was shit like shit so seven o'clock actually felt quite but, all right um going back to the start list would be interesting to see colin chatier i mean uh he's a he's uh, a front pack he'll swim he'll, yeah, he'll swim, swim front yes, pack. Center, he uh 
He's a quite great that athlete. Franz Lodge is a good swimmer though as well. I know, yeah. I know. So quite some uh, great guys up the front. And uh, it's going to be his first full distance as well. So curious to see. He's uh, been trained in Ecuador. Really? Yeah, I looked on his Instagram. It looks well cool. I'd love to go out there. I don't know. Probably doesn't listen to the podcast because Americans don't really get our sense Michael Raylard is a great swimmer as well. Yeah. Um, but he generally blows up on the Ironmans when you've seen it. His 70.3 is a f- fantastic league. He's a phenomenal 70.3 athlete. But his Ironmans, like on the run, he generally does blow up in the back half. I so, think is vulnerable, mate. Um, I think uh, Tom's actually got a good ranking from this. He's on try ratings. <laughs> He's actually ranked ahead of uh, Anthony Costes. So, like, you know... That's the ratings. Numbers don't lie, guys. <laughs> and he's actually rated above that. And also an absolute weapon who we've seen a couple of times in 70.3s that has gone under the radar, Paul Rutman. Like, you wouldn't know him, would you? Unless you've been in no. the races with him and seen him. But he's a he's a terrible swimmer. He makes me and Tom look fantastic swimmers, doesn't he? You know, I have no clue. Yeah, he makes Don't you, say make me look good fantastic swimmer like because swimmer. I'm not a great swimmer. I hope to swim Yeah, but he makes you look good. He makes you look good. If you have right. a bad swim, you might Just be Just get like 20 of them in... in but in, in, his in, biking in, and running is fantastic. Like we saw him in Dubai, even in Dubai this year, he rides the same and even last year as the lead pack, which had like last year it had like some motorbikes and stuff. And then he's still running 113 half marathon, which if you're doing all that bike by yourself, stranded, no man's yeah. land, and then to run that is really good. I think he's quite an underrated person because he gets out of the back of the field and because of the way the races are going nowadays, with a lot mm-hmm. of motorbike interference and stuff, especially in Europe, I think if you want a fair race, you need to go to America where they have they're more strict on draft and they don't take it, and I've you know, and they get rid of some of the motorbikes. Where and uh, you can come through the back end of the field. He he would do a lot better, but he's a bit of a beast. And I, so what if you uh, let's say a couple of the boys are up front on the bike ahead oh, of you? Matt Troutman, I just seen him. That's another group that was out there when I was out in Maui, and they uh, they uh, didn't want to train with me as well. Really? Yeah, that's another one. So you've one. got a lot Correct. of enemies in this I've race, mate. Got a lot of enemies. I must say, so you're probably firing to kick their ass, aren't you? But, well, I think I don't, I don't. I haven't really got anything bad about them. They just uh, people just don't like me. But that group, that's another funny story. Do you want me to say that? <laughs> yeah, as well, go on in, go on like, So I'm out there training, and uh, they were the Sato group. Don't use parameters. Don't use technology. It's all based on feel. It's all like, based on feel. You got to feel. Got to feel it. Well, I don't want to fucking feel it. I want someone to tell me what to do. Well, I want to feel no. it, but I want to see, I want, I want to see data the data to back it up. I want the data to, so I was, I was out there training and uh, there was a load of them and first day, they were really friendly. We're going for an open water swim. Do you want to come? Fantastic. This is great. Like I'm in there with everyone, you to know. To be honest, you didn't really feel the water, did you? You're like, oh, I struggle to feel that. I just fight the water. <laughs> <laughs> I fight it. Like, I'm like a UFC cage fighter in there. Like yeah. there's no, I don't, nothing feel, I don't feel it. I just go like brute Fist force. Fist bumping in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> brute force and arrogant and ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was in the, uh, I, I was out there in uh, Maui. They said, we're going for a sea swim because he was staying in the same complex as uh, as me. Do you want to go? And he gave me a lift there. I thought, this is awesome. Like, I'm in there with like Keenley's group. I'm in there with this group. Like, everyone's so nice out here, you know? <laughs> and then uh, little did I know that I did that swim with them. And then uh, we're on the way back from the from the swim, I think. And I'm talking to the coaches and uh, they um, they were talking about like power, training with power and stuff. And uh, there was a, a, a Sato athlete in the back. And I said, oh, how come you don't use power then? And they go, because we go by feel. I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. They're um, real sensitive, then. They're real sensitive, yeah. They're, yeah, they, they like to feel, they like to be in touch with their emotions as well. <laughs> and um, I said, yeah, but then if, if you're training by feel, how do you know if the training's working because you've got no data to back up? Because say they go, go hard. All right, I go hard for this 20-minute effort every week, but it, it feels the same, but I don't know if the power's going down or if the power's going up. If the power's going up, then great, I'm improving, you know, and it feels the same, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But like... 
I can get trained by feel, but surely I said to her, you would want data to back it up because how do you know the training's working if you've got no data to back it up? You know, like you can tell me to go hard, I can go hard, but you don't know how how, how I'm pushing. And if I'm fucked one day, I would know because I could sit think, God, I was feeling like I was pushing really hard. My heart rate wouldn't go up. The power was terrible, you know, and you kind of get mm-hmm. that feedback as well. And it validates you know, it, if you, it. If you continue like that, you're going to put yourself yeah, in the val- hole. Yeah, it validates it. And um, so I said that. I said like, well, you could end up training for four or five months, you know, over the winter, training by feel, thinking everything's going great. But you don't actually know what your athletes are doing because you can't see any data. She got all like, would be oh. easy coaching though. Oh, it'd be fucking easy, yeah. Like, oh, do twenty minutes easy. Like, do a do three hour ride, push it hard in the last hour. I mean, what the fuck's that? Like, <laughs> like you know. And uh, I said this. I said this to her. You, you, you. But you haven't got anything to back it up. You don't know what your athletes doing. And then she said, "We know what our athletes are doing. That's why we race. You know, because we see the results." And I said, "Yeah, but if you don't race, if you your last race is October, November." And then you don't race again until March or April. You could have wasted four months training and you mm-hmm. don't know. I said, if you want to train by feel, that's all well and good. But surely you'd want to use like power and heart rate to, you know, to back it up, to validate mm-hmm. what you're setting your athletes. We don't need that. You don't need all that. All right. Well, all right. Calm down, love. Anyway, like uh, I was at the pool. Camilla Pedersen was out there. She was training in that group. She was, And the weird thing is at the pool, right, they do sessions. They all might do that same swim session during the week, but they wouldn't do it on the same day. So the whole squad's there. And normally, if you turned up with a squad of four or five, you'd do the same swim session, wouldn't you? you know? So you train yeah, yeah. with each other. They'll do it at different times during the week. So everyone does it solo? Kind of, yes. Yeah. So you don't end up swimming with people. How shit is that? So I said to Camilla, because I thought, I've seen, I've raced her before, and I thought she was a similar kind of standard swimmer to me. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it'd be good uh, to push each other and uh, to swim with each other because we'd do the sets pretty much roughly the same pace. And she's like, yeah, great. Like, loving it. You know, we've got some company. Um, and... Before this, actually, the coach came onto the poolside and I was laughing around like joking. And I said to her, hey, you got a Sato swim set I can have? She said, a Sato swim set? I said, yeah, you couldn't give us a swim set, could you? Like, and then laughing like a bit of banter, you know, like I was just <laughs> pissing around. And she got all irate with me. And so then this time when I was at the pool with Camilla Pedersen, she says, you giving him your... Like Camilla said, right, actually, we're going to do a 15 minute warm up. And I'm like, all right, we do whatever we want. You know, after 15 minutes, you can do whatever, how many drills you want all that fucking around and enough 15 minutes we'll start the main set so you 15 minutes so then we do the 15 minute warm up and then I'm talking to her right what's the main set 15 200 pretty basic 5 at 1 pace 4 a bit quicker 3 a bit quicker 2 a bit quicker and then 1 quicker mm-hmm. you know off a slightly quicker turnaround so you have to swim a bit quicker so I guess it's like a threshold set you know starting off probably below threshold finishing above it because the times get 5 seconds uh, the turnaround goes 5 seconds quicker every every time you step up so there's nothing no rocket science is it it's a pretty bog standard thing she goes, Camilla, are you giving him the swim set? And she said, yeah. Uh, and uh, she said, you know you can't do that. And I said, is she joking? Is she having a laugh? Like, she was standing there on pool. So I said, she, she, surely she's joking. She's not being serious, is she? And she said, no, I think she is. She said, if you give him the swim set, Camilla, if you do that with him, I'm going to have to feed back to Brett and tell him what you're doing. I said, "That's." I said, "What the hell is she on?" What I said, "Why? What, what are you worrying about?" So I said, "I'm not even racing her in Kona." I said, "She's in the she's in the girls' field. I'm in the men's field. Like we're not <laughs> even rivals." She said, "You can't do that." He tried to get a Sato swim set off me the other day. You you can't do that set with him. You, you're not going to be able to train in our group. You thought you were going to come to the front pack then? I said, "Calm set. down." I said, "There's no secret." I said, "Calm down." There's no secrets. I said, "All you're doing is 15200. It's not rocket science." <laughs> I said, "Don't worry. I'll do my own bloody set then." So I end up doing that by myself. But um, like, don't don't. I mean doing things based on feel is really good I mean in an Ironman you do I do an Ironman based on feel anyway I'd look at the power so now and then to see if I'm yeah, not yeah. overdoing it or underdoing it but in the end during training you want to see the data um, if someone is improving or not to give an example if I see so for example if I give an athlete 
um, five by six minutes at threshold and then into, for example, 30 minutes at tempo. If his heart rate then is really high still at going into tempo, you know his tempo zones are quite inefficient, aren't they? So yeah. you, need to, you know you need to focus a bit more on tempo. And you know that they're uh, hitting the power zones or not. If you don't do anything like that on power, you could never see if someone is doing it like perfectly bang on. It shouldn't be perfectly bang on, but doing it right. Yeah, or or if someone is improving, under-training, over-training, you can't back it up. Yeah. And even if you're doing a race, um, like you're doing it by feel. Like I always do it by feel, but I want the data to know for afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, how do I know what what I'm, if I'm improving? Do you know what I mean? Or if it was a good race, if I didn't have the data. I don't understand why you just wouldn't record the data and maybe not even look at it. Do you know what I mean? Just have it on a different page. But surely there's no harm in recording it. Um, but crazy. There's some real crazy coaches and people that go that train for. Well, if if it if it there. works for some people, it, I mean, everyone has got their own uh, approach. But if do it you works, know what my mate said though about that coach and what that group does? That Sutto group. He said it to Brett as well. He's he's quite a funny guy, and he said their style of coaching is get twelve eggs, throw them against the wall, and the one that doesn't break will make it. Really, and that's the world champion. And he got all he got all irate about that. He kicked off at him like <laughs> properly, like and uh, but I, I think that's true. I mean, yeah, if, so, if it works, if it works for some, uh, it works, right? Um, that's what I mean, though. That's what I mean. You chop 12 eggs at the, at the wall yeah. and one of them won't break, will it? Well, that's the one that you keep. But go, <laughs> go, going back to that. They're, that's, all, uh, they're all overtrained. Loads of them are overtrained in that group or demotivated with training. Uh, tell me an athlete in that group that's not overtrained or demotivated with training. Like, I'd love to know it. Like, I, I, I've not seen it. They, they just train themselves into the ground. They generally don't seem like they're enjoying it. And... Like, I think they have a have a short shelf span because they're just like, literally, I think training, the whole point of it is you've got to make it fun, haven't you? You know, we all do it. No one starts doing triathlon because it, they want to be a pro, do they? You it, get into it because you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, so, yeah, true. Like, but they, they're training for well, Like we're saying today, uh, I was saying to you today, um, because, I mean, we've had so much shit flying out of here, but I said, in the end, mate, we're in South Africa, we're racing, the people you meet along the way, the places you get to travel, the stuff you like. I mean, what is a, is a race is every, everything goes perfect. You wouldn't have stuff to remind well, you. And we almost future, got flipping it? robbed what we forgot to say today on that run. <laughs> oh, like, right, I yeah. literally almost got robbed, guys. Like me and Tom, we're in, we're doing the swim. We're in Virgin. It was getting dark. People like, don't run outside. It's dodgy as fuck. I'm thinking, mm, yeah, how dodgy can it be? Like there's two of us. Uh, we're on a touristy area. There's loads of cafes, restaurants. Anyway, we thought we'll take it easy. We'll go on the treadmill. So we went on the treadmill in the gym. Um, I said to Tom, oh, I nearly slipped over on this treadmill. Yeah, something was wrong. <laughs> Mechanically, it was wrong Tom, with the treadmill. Yes. I had the same thing. I almost Tom, slipped my ankle on Tom it. Tom had the same thing on, on his. So so we literally couldn't run the treadmill. Like, it was something really dodgy. I don't, it was That's like, why everyone in there was walking. Like, yeah. In, yeah, was walking on the treadmill. So went out for a run. We thought, we're only doing 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. So we spoke to the people on the desk. Said, How dodgy is it to run out here? Like, she's like, oh, it's pretty dodgy. And we're like, oh, that's not what she said, here. like, she said, if you have stuff, it's dodgy. But it's, she said, it's all right, it's all right. It's, I wouldn't do it. Well, are you could. If you don't blah, have blah. anything, it's all right. So we put our watches, uh, or you put your watch in your, your short pocket, didn't you? I was going to put mine there. I didn't there, have anything just, on me. Huh? But I just couldn't help it. I just needed to see the data. So you I had to, I yeah. Doing, I, 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 was going, I was going certain yeah, way. Oh, you, you were going data. I just want, I just couldn't help myself. I'm like, oh, are they really going to nick a Wahoo watch? Like, I really wanted to, I really want to see the data. So I want to keep it anyway. Run out 14 minutes. And then Tom's like, how long do you think we'd lasted for if we were on the treadmill? I said, mate, we tried the treadmill. We didn't last 30 seconds, so not very long because we tried it already. And I said, anyway, this is way better than uh, than uh, running inside the treadmill. But we've got another 10 minutes to find out whether or not that was a good decision or a bad decision. Didn't I? You know, yeah, whether yeah, or not true. we get robbed. And like literally two minutes later, cars parked up, lights off. 
like three guys three get guys out, get walk, out literally walk towards us i'm like we, i don't even know if i said anything or not no, but we, like did, we, we both just, we, we, we just knew we, we felt we, it we yeah just, we could feel we it felt, like certain way we felt yeah. something just and burned it across the road like this is a main road as well guys literally it's 150 meters away from restaurants as well isn't yeah. it? Like real close we just burned it across the road um got run along the other side and the guy like was like oh like you know like and laughing and like uh a bit like we sussed him weren't he? and he but he didn't really he wasn't angry that we sussed him he that's was just a crazy like, it's such a normal thing because we spoke to a cab driver uh just yet and he he just got robbed uh last week as well uh so it shows you it's just a totally and, different yeah if you are coming out here and racing uh guys i would uh definitely say don't go out and do any training in the evening it's not worth it is it because i wouldn't go out for again or and for even on, you, on like, the bike risky. ride there's a certain area of the bike part that you shouldn't do because you go through uh townships that aren't guarded or something yeah like you just gotta watch out but i wouldn't if if you are coming out here for the race uh i wouldn't go out running in the evening would you like it's a bit too, it's too risky isn't it like mm -hmm. you know like unless you've got your wits proper about you but you're gonna have to be prepared because we ended it we ended up doing uh keen lace fart leg session because every time we, we saw a bunch of people Mate, we I, felt, like, I felt like I was going to fucking bonk like I don't think I ate enough and when we upped it from that I felt like a sugar like a sugar low or something yeah <laughs> I don't know what it was but like I felt like a sugar low I said to you I said oh, I feel like I'm going to bonk after yeah. that like I would have been a sitting duck it was, it was cuddly it was like a surge easy surge, surge easy, easy and I just felt like a sugar low I was like Jesus if, they, if these guys come after us again like and then with cars were like driving slow near us and it felt like they were rolling up on us didn't they you know? <laughs> I felt like I was in like the Bronx or something <laughs> <laughs> anyway we got the session in um, Joe how do you uh uh, how do you hope the race is going to unfold? Do you, do you want to speculate a little bit? Um, I hope that it's a windy day, not too hot. Like the forecast is looking good, 23 degrees, isn't it? So mm -hmm. as good as you can hope for out here. Um, I'm hoping it's windy so it breaks up a bit. I, it would be good if one of the, if I managed to make the front pack. My swim has been going a lot better. I was swimming quite good today. Like it felt quite good. So if I could make the front pack, obviously I'm not going to swim. Like if there's two or three guys off the front, then I'm obviously not going to be with them. But the first big group of, say, five or more, that would be really good if I was in that. And then um, hopefully, the, if it's a windy day, the bike will be tough and it will just break things up a bit, which I think will will suit me. And then I just hope that I have a decent run. My running has been going well in training. I'd like to have a strong run. And obviously, I want to try and win the race. That's my aim, because obviously, if you want to do well in St. George, you know, and you want to go for the win there or certainly like at least get on the podium there you need to be winning or very competitive in a race like this. And I think unless I had a, a decent excuse, like I just happened to be on a really horrible day, or if I had a mechanical issue, then I'd hope to be definitely winning it or very close to it, you know, like um, mm -hmm. that would be my aim. Well, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll try and uh, bark at you out on course. Um, yeah, you barked, at, at, you barked is... at me like a dog, didn't you, on uh, in New Zealand? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, I've got I'm a video gonna... of that. I've got He's a video, got a video of, of that. He's got... That was on the Ironman coverage. Yeah, because well, we can maybe get another live video coverage of us barking at and each other during. If you're an age grouper, you listen to the podcast, and you're out there on race day. Bark at us like a dog, and we'll bark back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just, just like literally, just looking at the weather app, and it just the weather changed because it set something like rain and thunderstorms on Sunday. And I was thinking rain, thunderstorms, Ironman cork all over again. You're thinking, you're maybe a cancelled swim. The, yeah, you, you're I, praying for that. That's one of the reasons why like, you want to do it. Isn't maybe uh, out on the bike with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's praying that he knows that this race has got a reputation for cancelled swims, shortened swims. And that's why that, when Tom looks at races, he looks at like places. And then one of the other categories is percentage chance the swim might be cancelled or shortened. And this has got high odds on that. So he's... Uh, I was the one. I said, Joe, shall we go there? Because uh, <laughs> the swim might get cancelled. No, we'll right now it says sunny and 23 degrees. That means mozzarella needs to get out of the suntan lotion factor 70. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind the swim to be. Uh, no, I, I, honestly, I've been training hard in the swim. I'm really, really curious to uh, see how I've been improved. Um, for me, it's gonna be uh, uh, like a test. Yeah, really. I mean, it's my second year as a pro. Last year, uh, uh, had a bit of a uh, like ups and downs. Ups and downs. Just, just pretend they're trying to rob you, mate. Whenever you go past someone, because you had some great surges out there on the run today. So if you pretend I, that, you'll be you'll be on form. Just pretend the, it in the swim. Pretend that when you're standing there, there's all these guys wearing uh, wetsuits that are going to try and rob you. And, you'll be <laughs> and there's flying. sharks in there as well. Well, anyway, we're going to see that on race day. Um, Joe, shall we um, go over to uh, the Bullshit Buster? Yeah. And what was that again? The Bullshit Buster this week was people not being on Strava. Oh, yeah, people sharing not the being data. on Strava. We, we wonder why like people that were on Strava, take themselves off and like why they're scared of share, like sharing the data. Because or they're on there and not sharing stuff or only sharing it if they've done like a hero day. Oh, that's the worst thing. People that like not even do that, but only upload something when they've got a comm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they go and take a big comm and then they put their Strava on. It's like, it, you can't just upload stuff on Strava to take the glory. That's the, that's the biggest pet hate, isn't it? It's like you're either on there or you're not. And that just means that they're obviously uploading all their stuff on there, but they've got it on private. They're always checking, and if it's yeah. like nothing serious, yeah. they're always like undercover, like checking they know out what, what you're comments doing. They want to go for, and they know what they want to target, but they're just like not got the like not got the minerals to put them on there. And it's like they probably go for comms, don't get them, and then don't even upload it because they're just. And they, I bet they're the kind of people that check the weather reports, and when they see a massive wind in the right direction, they go out there, get the comm, and then they upload it. Yeah, but I think it's got to do with insecurity because they think they've got the secret recipe, and they, they if they upload stuff to Strava, they think. They're going to copy it and they're going to be a beast like, just like me. Yeah. But it's different, isn't it? Like some training, what works for you wouldn't work for me, would it? Yeah. And you can see what loads of pros do on there, but you just don't necessarily copy it, do you? You know, like Sam Long puts all his on there, but like... You, it's you not just, like you can do his And you don't know what people's thresholds are, do you? And stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like Or which races he's targeting and what yeah, the build-up is like. Yeah, exactly. And you can't just... Li- and then what happens if you're copying it and then all of a sudden like they get ill and they miss a week's training? Do you know what I mean? What do you do there? not do a week's training because they didn't do a week's training because they're real and then start the, the lower training, you know, because if they take it easy for a few weeks while they're building back up, you know, it's like you need to, I think you need to have confidence in your own plan and uh, not worry about what other people are doing, you know. And it's good to share stuff on Strava. I mean, it's a bit motivating. I mean, I'll, if you do a really busy run, I'm like, oh my God, he did a big run. Yeah, and I also because sometimes, um, I mean, right now I'm looking up to what you do. Back in the back in the days, yes, in the beginning, I was looking up like to other people. Maybe we're riding like 32 k's an hour average, yeah. and I was riding like 29 k's. And like you could you could like motivate each other, or someone did a big ride, like holy shit, he did a 120 k ride. Yeah, it's good. It's like I, sociable, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's quite good, uh, quite motivating. And then there's a good community in there because like people yeah. that follow you send messages and you get the same people all the time, don't you? And you, you kind of like- Yeah, it's uh, funny and stuff that you can comment under it. Like if someone yeah. went real slow, like, hey, well, you're on a mountain bike today. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good laugh. And uh, I think the people that are like, um, that are um, not worried, that are too worried about sharing them, they're the kind of people that drink alcohol-free beer on a night out, aren't they? Yeah, they're- 100%. You go on a night out, you say, let's go out on Saturday, let's have a couple of beers and like pump it, you know, and they'll be there like, oh yeah, all right. Uh, can I get a Erdinger uh, alcohol-free, please? Would you, um, would you, order- and you'd be like, are you driving? No, no, no. I've just got an Iron Man in three months' time. <laughs> would you, if you were at the bar, would you order two mocktails then? One for you, one for him or her? Oh, no way. Why? Just a mocktail for yourself? Not on a normal night out. Like, there'd have to be a big, big reason to get a, to, to get a mocktail, wouldn't there? On a night out, on a night out. 
Like we, we by the way, just had two mockers. <laughs> <laughs> we were at a sushi place. We were not on a night out, were we? <laughs> we went on a night out. We had two mocktails. Two. What was it? Like what? Okay. Pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> What's quite nice though. It was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> lovely. But like, you wouldn't have on a night out though, would you? Like that was at a jack. That was at a sushi restaurant. Joe, I've got a. Uh, Laura had the proper one and gave us some abuse, didn't she? Yeah, she, she did. Slagged us off. She did. Anyway, Joe, I've got a. Uh, I've got a sauna battle. We've got a sauna battle. And this is a, uh, not just a sauna battle, it's a female sauna oh, battle. This is our first female sauna battle. Well, we so. had one from Fenella Language, but she... Uh, she didn't have one there, did she? she? Didn't, uh, she they no didn't go in, no one came in. They were all too scared already. They were all too scared. Uh, anyway, she said, hello, let's, first of all, she loves the podcast. She loves the podcast. Wow. Lady, loving the podcast. We love that. Doesn't happen much, but we're always appreciative <laughs> when it does. No, we've got about 15% of the listeners are females. And I think that's pretty representative of the traveling community, isn't it's more, it? Well, it's more than my and YouTube. There's my more, YouTube's I think like uh, the patrons, we've got like 20% of the patrons are like females. They must be coming on because of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I love all you all It's amazing. Gives me comic relief to my day. Second, got in my first sauna battle today. And I know y'all asked for some female perspectives here. Walked in after a swim, and at the same time, I grabbed for the handle. Two women walked up behind me. Oh, she's taking on women as well then? Yeah. Women on women. I know. This is like in the woman changing room, battles happening. Wow. Happening. Um, She knew this was her moment. Her time had come. I was already not feeling great. And with 10 minutes, they kept saying, oh... This feels so good. That would be that would fuck me up. That would if someone was doing that. That guy that I was taking on that time, I thought he looked like he was suffering. So if someone was saying that to me, that would mentally it would fuck me. Yeah, it would, but that's would like it? in a race. though. it's like if you were in a race and you were finding it really hard, and then someone started turning the screw, and they're like, "Oh, this feels so a bit we up easy. the pace." Yeah, should we take turns and up the pace? Yeah. And you'd be like, "Oh, fuck off!" Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was what Matt. That was what Matt fucking Russell did to me in Kona. I was running with him. Yeah, I was running with him. Corona 2018, I remember. We came up at, we came up the hill, Polani Hill, 10 miles into the race before they changed the run course. We were in about 10th place, thinking, yes, we're going to pick them off. And uh, I'm fucking melting. I remember I was only running 625 mile in, you know, four-minute Ks, like 248 marathon pace, like nothing massive. And... Um, but I was feeling two forty eight marathon pace. Yeah, but you know, same. yeah, but you know that's at the start, isn't it? You know you're going to fade as well. But when you've All already right. run like a two thirty something, you know you're like ten running ten minutes slower than what you what you've done before, and you feel it. And it's only ten miles in. You know you're going to right. everyone dies, don't they? In a, in a uh, in an Ironman. So it, and I'm running along. I'm gra- you know that feeling where you're gradually feeling like you you know you're going too quick. You can feel yourself like burning. You're like at some point if I keep this up, I know I'm going to fucking blow up but I hope this fucker blows up before me because I'm not going to get, I, I want to hang on, hang on and hope that he fucking dies so I can just keep it going for a little bit and then knock it back and then I'm, I'm away and gone, aren't I? And he's fucking talking to me like when we're running along and I'm thinking, shut the fuck up. Like, really? Yeah, he's like, he's he's talking to me. So I know what he's doing. He's trying to fucking psych me out and I'm just like trying to talk back to him. Like, But I'm thinking inside my head, look, mate, just fucking concentrate on your own thing. Like I'm fucking melting here. Um, and I'm running, I'm trying to ha- stay with him and he's like saying, yeah, this is all right. We're not running that quick, but we're catching people up. And I'm thinking, I'm I'm literally on the verge of like fucking a meltdown. And then uh, <laughs> did you have a great day that day? Then I got I got seventh place, and I think he was six that day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But he pulled away quite a bit at one point because he dropped me, and then he um, he faded a bit. And uh, but that was after his crash, a year after he had that horrible crash. But I was melting, and I had to let him go in the end. He pulled away, got about three minutes on me, and then I think. Towards the end, I started going back past him. But it was just like that thing, you know, when people are saying, oh, I feel great. He was like talking to me and I'm thinking, oh, mate, just like, you know, get over it. But 
this is what Rebecca's going through in the sauna. This is what Rebecca's going through. I feel her pain. I know she, exactly you what feel it's like. her pain because uh, she was sitting in there not feeling great, and then they were saying, "Oh, this feels so good," and she knew she was going in for a long one. They kept talking takes about courage. It that takes, takes courage. It does take courage, yeah, because you know you see that heart rate going up. You probably didn't have enough electrolytes suffering. They kept talking about random southern women gossip for a while, then suddenly got up, checked the temperature, and said, "We can hang on for another women uh, for another minute." And she knew she won. She won. Wow. It. She won her first so first battle. They tried to psych her out, and then basically they overcommitted because they underestimated her. That was what they did. They thought that they could psych her out. She would bottle it because they had loads more in the tank, and then they would win. But that so they the tried to put the they, psychological cart. I actually won a sauna battle recently. Really? But it was yeah. It, I was in there, and I said to Mark, I said, "I'm fucking doing one today. Like I'm having a go. This is techno." Well, on there who's with, coming in? Is coming after? Uh, yeah, I'm coming I said, after. Him. I was in there. There was techno. There was me, and there was one other guy who we got chatting to in there. And I said, "Look, boys, we're having a sauna battle. Next person that comes in, we've got to, we've got to take them out." LT3, and we all we all committed. All right, all right, we're all like so. We sat there. This uh, woman came in. I'm like, mm, I should really be taking on a man, but you know, women they can be good in the sauna. Like Laura is fucking beast in the sauna. Like, <laughs> really? oh, she's fucking. She can sit in like 45 minutes. And I bet her she wouldn't do 20 minutes because you know I said I did 20 minutes and I felt horrific, didn't I? Yeah. I said to her, you, she said I could do 20 minutes. I said no fucking way, you wouldn't do 20 minutes. I was cooked after that. So she said, all right then. So I timed. I said I'll time you then, and I just like did little bits in and out, in and out, and she yeah. did 20 minutes. And I said, surely you must be feeling that. She said, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> fucking hell, it killed me. Yeah, like, but some people, she she must be really good in Kona then. Um, How does she do like in wise compared to the other spectators in Kona? I don't know, like or average probably. I don't know. She's <laughs> bloody good in there though. But anyway, I said to him, "Look, I'm taking I'm taking this next person on," and uh, got in there, and I was getting my head in the zone because I think you've got to be you've got to be in the zone. It's like you've got to treat it. It's like, like an Iron Man. I, yeah. I've got something about this in a second about getting so, mentally in the zone. So I got in the zone, and um, literally. Eight minutes was all it needed, and I finished her off. I've got a bit of confidence now. I've got one under my belt, so I'm 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 gearing up for a bigger challenge. There's a couple of people at the gym where I go who I've got my eyes on, and uh, I'm working my way up. It's like if I was a boxer, and uh, I started off. Yeah. Well, I was started off, and I had a couple of good uh, bouts, and then I overcommitted, and I tried to fight for a title when I wasn't quite ready, and I got the floor wiped out from me, and I dug in deep, and it was be, it would be like I got I took a couple of headshots, got concussion. And people are saying, oh, he's got a glass chin. He can't take a punch. That was what it was like when I lost that sauna battle. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd been knocked out. I'd taken a couple of hits in the head. And they're like, he sh he, that was a big challenge for him. He needed that to, to boost his career. He's lost it. I took it to heart and thought, I haven't got this anymore. But I've come back. I've beat my first challenger, who wasn't a big name. All right, I'll admit that. But I'm ready for some bigger names now. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't think it, there is. Um, uh, so, I, I read this last week and I thought it was uh, quite spot on. It's, at, it's really, I think it's one on one with Iron Man and the Sauna Battles. Quitting is not always as obvious as stopping, raising your hand and saying, I'm done. Quit, quitting or not quitting is also reflected through effort. So, in the middle of a painful conditioning run like an Iron Man, some people will stop, walk away, and quit. But money, many others will give up in a more subtle form. They'll still be there, but they'll reach a point at which they will no longer willing to make the trade, pain or participation. They'll try to spare themselves some pain by holding back and putting out less. They'll still be running along or doing their half-hearted effort, but they'll shrink away from the discomfort. The effort will only be partial. They've broken, not physically, but mentally. <laughs> and that is true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
this is still a choice. In the same way that raising your hand and saying, this isn't for me is a choice, the body can be pushed to incredible limits and levels if the mind is willing to go there. There's a story, yeah, about that. One of the scientists says about the central governor theory. You've heard that. So they did a test on some rugby players and uh, basically what they did was they got them to ride at X amount of watts. I know I'm just going to say 300 watts because I don't know what the exact was. Basically, they did some tests on them before to work out, you know, like a ramp test in the mm-hmm. lab. And then they got them to work out a percentage of their VO2 max for as long as they possibly could. And then once they once they can't go anymore, they, they obviously have to stop, don't they? So they're on NERG, it's set to like basically ERG mode. So it's constantly at this power, say 300 watts. And after they're told, literally, you have to ride at this until your body isn't capable of going any longer. And right, as soon as they stop, the guy says, all right, I want you to do a 20-second max effort sprint. But they didn't know that, that they were going to have to do that until they stopped. You know, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they could save themselves for all that. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone that did it averaged more for that 20-second max effort sprint than what they did for the uh, effort they were doing before, you know, where they had mm-hmm. to go for as long as they can. And he says that that's their body, their brain telling them, the central governor theory saying is like putting a bit of a protection on. So saying like, you can't, we need to stop because you're going to do some damage, but your body isn't actually damaged. It's like uh, a thing to stop you from doing that. Same for like um, long tempo efforts, especially if you're not really experienced in sports, it doesn't really hurt hurt, but it's just like a steady hurt for a long time. And it feels at some point a bit annoying, especially if you're not really used to it doing every week. Yeah. So you need really need to like, for example, tempo this, efforts um, to mentally get into it. This central governor thing, though, he says that like if you were actually totally fucked, you could like do a cell wipesy and your your body would be fucked. Do you know what I mean? You could but see the it. fact that you can sprint when you've just given up because you couldn't do any more for twenty seconds at high power shows that mentally you gave up, not physically, because if you physically did, you wouldn't be able to hold the power that you just couldn't do, would you? Mm-hmm. Because you've just said that you know that was too much. I can't do any more. I can't do any more. You know, I've literally gone to my limit. That that's one of the things they think. You know, when Johnny Brownlee had that collapse in Cotchmore, can you remember? And like, Alistair yeah. had to like carry him across the line, was because he pushed himself past where your central governor well, theory I've been would normally. There. Yeah, well, that was probably you pushed yourself probably past where your central governor theory, your central governor would normally stop yourself. Your brain would normally say, "Oh, that is the point where your brain has told your body, you know, don't don't yeah, go anymore." Yeah, so you pushed you... yourself physically further than mentally. Yeah, basically, yeah, because you should have. You're got, mentally you're stronger than, than your body was. Yeah, basically, that yeah. is basically what it yeah, is. Yeah, because you shouldn't. Because be, I've yeah. uh, I've collapsed 700 meters in the front of the finish line on a lead drive. But then sometimes my first year in Kona, boom. Some people, if they push themselves that far, have uh, no a, finisher medal. Yeah, <laughs> they can be really bad in the heat afterwards because their body that's what I, I i think i have that yeah because I your body now that. knows the damage it did before so it tries to put a warning in place beforehand you know like yeah. stop because matt hansen told me that because he used to be fucking incredible but in i heat. think i think it was worse in the beginning so after that a couple of years i think i'm sure for example ironman switzerland last year yeah, I think it was it 24 better. degrees it was sunny but i had a like i did i had a like an all right good race but i think it gets better and, over time because matt hansen had that and he used to be absolutely incredible in the heat. And then he collapsed in Texas. And I was speaking to him about this because I said to him, how come you suck in Kona? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Basically, like when you're so good in the heat, like in normally in humid conditions, he's absolutely fucking amazing. Like mm-hmm. he can run basically the same. In, he's like Patrick Lang, can run like almost the same in humid as what he can in like dry. And he said, I pushed myself too hard in Texas back in like 2016, I think it was. He collapsed at the side of the road. And then since then, he said he's never been the same in the heat since but I think he's getting better now he's, but it's taken him a lot like four or five years to start well, getting I, I back I have that it's a, uh, it's a feeling I can't really describe it's just you can't really uh, push uh, it's, it's, real, it's really weird 
Yeah. If it's really, really warm and uh, some sort of safe mode it is. Safe, like a car. Yeah, I, I love it when it's raining cold or, or cloudy. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, once you've had like a proper heat stroke, like intensive care kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's not something to be proud of. Anyway, um, Joe, we're going to do uh, another episode probably this week, maybe some uh, interviews. And let's do another uh, like a, a, pre- uh, a, a, a Patreons uh, episode. Um, where we could, where we could talk maybe about something like race nutrition strategy. Uh, yeah, we could even like slag some other pros off or something like that, you know, because it's not like they're going to be patrons to the show, are they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to put some extra episodes out as well as maybe another regular one. Uh, if we've got any more uh, lows this week, anyway, we're really looking forward. If you're coming out to South Africa, we'll hope to see you on course. And what about the stay- weapon, Ari Cloud, that's racing Oceanside as well. Is he he's racing Oceanside? He's Oceanside, yeah. He's, Oof, he, he was gutted that like uh, Sam Long wasn't going there. He, was gonna, he thought he was going to take it Because he's a proper junkyard dog, isn't he? He's a proper But anyway, dog. Uh, we're also going to share the after-race South Africa we're race get, We need to pick a place for... Because we've uh, seen the, the price of the cocktails and... Uh, £2.50, guys, for a proper cocktail. Who is not going to get smashed for that price? That is... <laughs> I was all, I, I was like quite tempted to go in today. Like I know. If I didn't have an Ironman, I would have been diving full in this this would have been a fantastic place to go the food's cheap the drink's cheap like I'd be getting totally hammered yeah. probably have got robbed already because I'd have walked down the street instead of getting a taxi thinking I'd just walk home it's only 500 metres away but you know <laughs> I would have had a cheap night well I wouldn't have had a cheap night because I'd probably lost my wallet but like <laughs> it would have been good while it lasted <laughs> exactly anyway um, yeah thanks for listening don't forget to rate the podcast and if you're curious for the other content make sure to subscribe to, to pray to our patrons and yeah, we're going to get some extra content out this week uh, for uh, for uh, both of them. Anyway, see you guys. See ya.